0: It's the powerful name of Jesus. I don't do this very often, but I want to celebrate this morning because if you haven't noticed, God's doing something in our church. And I'm privileged and thankful to be a part of it. And this year alone, we have seen eight people pass from death to life and be saved. And I think that's something we're celebrating this morning. I think we should celebrate that eight people have met the Savior this year so i'm grateful that the gospel is being proclaimed in our house and in your house and in the community around us if you have a bible turn to psalm chapter one we're starting a brand new series today called choices and psalm one will be our our focus section as we look at two groups of people and the two choices that are clearly presented here one group are people who are friends of god and the second group are people who are enemies of God. The book of Psalms are written by several different people, the most well-known being King David, who wrote well over 70 of them. Asaph, the sons of Korah, and even Moses are also in the lineup of writers. So much theology, so much doctrine, and even prophecy about our Savior can be seen in this book. And I'm so thankful for the encouragement that the Psalms have been to me in the darkest seasons of my life. And so if you're there in Psalm chapter 1, we'll begin reading together at verse 1. Our key section this morning are going to be verses 1 through 3. But verse 1 starts by saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. A group of verses that we needed to hear from in our culture right now, it would be this section of verses right here from Psalm 1. We live in a world where righteous living is is mocked, it's laughed at, and it's disregarded. Anyone who follows the Bible and believes in eternal life is viewed as, as uneducated or as a dreamer even. Our wicked world is working so hard to devalue human life, marriage, the family, and solid truth, God's way of living. And the reason for this is on display for us right here in this psalm. It's a battle between righteousness and wickedness, godlessness. It's all about choices. Should I dwell on those thoughts, build my life, On that advice, should I go to that place, look at those images, should I make that deal, say those things about that person? And maybe you felt this struggle, as I have felt the same struggle. We've had some wins, but so many losses when it comes to this living righteously and this living wicked. But no matter who you are or what you have done, the Bible gives us a promise and a warning today. Do you want to be blessed? And I think we all would answer, yes. Well, then live righteously. Don't care about the God stuff? Judgment. So I want to walk through each line of these first three verses today and point out some significant patterns for each and every one of us to observe and follow. So if you like to mark in your Bible and underline things, Psalm 1 is going to have a lot of markings on it, because there is a lot of wonderful truth here. And if you're new, our theme as a church is abide, living connected to the vine. And these verses will also help us as we continue to learn and focus on abiding through him. So verse 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel The The writer guarantees a blessing right from the beginning. Now some of you might be using a translation this morning that uses the word, maybe uses the word happy instead of blessed. This blessing, this happiness is available to anyone, but this blessing has conditions. Something will be required. According to God, there are things that a blessed or a happy person doesn't do. There are places we won't go. There are roads we won't take and people we won't be close to. Don't walk with the wicked. This term refers to those who are guilty. Guilty of sin, of being hostile toward God, or even guilty of crime. That's what this this phrasing means in the original language. The, The wicked here are sinners that haven't sought reconciliation and restoration from God. And in most cases, these wicked people have no intentions of following God or in confessing their sins. Wicked people will try to give us counsel, if you haven't noticed. They will tell us how we should be living, and we see this all the time. And in most cultural things, like movies and music and literature, There is a clear agenda in those things. This wicked group, they don't want to just keep their agenda to themselves. They want to influence everyone to follow and join in. This is the work of God's enemy, Satan. And for the Christ follower, think of the last time someone tried to get you to participate in something that was sinful. Just think about it. You probably don't have to think very long. That's almost always a battle, I think, for most of us. And it would be easy just to give in, but something inside of you screams. If you know the Savior, it screams inside of you, don't do it. Don't go to that place. Don't say those things. A Holy, a Holy Spirit alert. It goes off inside of you. And it tells you that this is not okay. Ephesians 3.17 reminds us that Christ is dwelling in our hearts if we know him as savior And we know that sin will grieve the spirit of god, which is in us So we're challenged here Not to walk in the counsel Of the wicked not to walk in the wicked way and that's the image that the writer here is trying to Drive deep into the reader's mind. Don't even walk with them Do you want to be blessed and happy? Well, you'll never get there by following the ways of the world. It may seem like the right way for a while, but as Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes, it's all worthless, it's all meaningless. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor does he stand in the way of sinners. So don't follow or walk in the counsel of the ungodly, and then we see that we shouldn't stand there either. Don't stand with sinners. Don't linger. Don't stay there. This is speaking of how we position ourselves. It's it's our heart position. Don't be a person who is curious about sin, and don't stand around to observe it either. This is a dangerous, critical moment for believers. This is the time when we get desensitized and we get drawn in to sinful behavior. When we stand in the way of sinners, we are much more likely to participate. And it's tougher to run away from sin when we are so close to it. And maybe that has been your battle. Can you remember a time when you got caught up in a bad crowd or influenced to participate in a sinful behavior? How much easier would it have been to resist if you'd never been standing there in the first place? You see, the influence of the wicked is very powerful today. This is seen in the Garden of Eden with Eve and the serpents. God's enemy, Satan, and the godlessness that he influences will always make you think that you are missing out on something. That God is holding out on you. That there is something more out there than what God could give you. A righteous person, though, will stay very far away from wickedness. Righteousness means Being set apart from the world in holiness. It's essentially doing what Jesus would do. This is called the doctrine of sanctification. 2 Corinthians 7 highlights this for us where it says, Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. sanctification. It's this process of being set apart from the world and set apart for his purposes. God does this in us. He conforms us to the image of His Son as we grow in understanding of His ways. Sanctification is essentially just us continually growing. It's that continual process of visibly reflecting Christ. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But back to this issue of associating with wickedness. We must hate sin. Don't dabble in it, play around with it, or even flirt with it. Especially if we are hoping that those who are lost around us will see Jesus. Our testimony matters to what people see. It does affect the gospel's impact and influence in the world around us. We have to stand, but we have to stand in the right place. The place of righteousness. The verse continues. It says, do not sit in the seat of scoffers. Sitting here gives the image of dwelling or even this idea of, of camping out. This is definitely another place you don't want to be. That when we sit down, it's possible that we have now made the choice to participate. Now we're comfortable And nothing good will happen when we get comfortable around sinful behavior. Listen to what Proverbs says about mockers and scoffers. In Proverbs 1, it says, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? In Proverbs 15, it says, Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. Do you know people who fit those descriptions? I do. I'm sure you do. And we don't want to get cozy with these people. It's not about behaving judgmentally toward them. And it doesn't mean that we, should be, that we should be rude or insulting. But it does mean that we protect our standards and we make it easy for ourselves to choose to behave righteously. That if we want to be blessed and we want to be happy biblically we must sit somewhere else our posture matters colossians 4 tells us though that we are to walk in wisdom with outsiders that we are to be uh, to be gracious in our speech that it needs to be seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person we still love sinners we're still kind to sinners we're still good to those who are outside the family of god but we live carefully. But how do we love sinners and stay on the right side of things? Well, verse 2 continues with a familiar reminder that most Christians know very well. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, we've covered the first negative section of this chapter, and now we're going to see the positive. We have seen what a happy and Blessed person doesn't do, so So now what? I love how verse 2 starts. But his delight, it doesn't just tell us to read the Bible or the law, as it's called here. We're not just told to to study it either. We are, and those are good, and those are right. I don't hear that message that we shouldn't just read it and study it. But the writer says that it is our delight. Delight in Him. We talked about this last week when we studied the, this issue of apathy and how we fight it in our lives, that we, should be, that we should make loving Jesus our passion. And the wicked, in verse 1, delight in sin and wickedness, but not the blessed person. There is delight, there is true joy, there is comfort and life in the words of God. That when we fully delight in him, we will be blessed. So how do you feel about God's word and his instruction? Does it it make you happy? And are you thankful and joyful for it and about it? Or are you resentful, bitter, and bored? You see, answering these questions will will show you where you you might have some work to do. And if you want to be a godly, righteous person, you will delight in him and his word. It comes back to our love life that we referenced last week from Revelation chapter 2. Have we lost our first love? I think you should underline, circle, highlight, color in the word delight. Because I think we need that reminder. But it doesn't stop with that first part. And on his law or his word. He meditates day and night. To meditate is to think deeply, or to think carefully about something, or to ponder it. Do we think deeply and carefully about the word of God? The righteous person does. He thinks, and he meditates on it. Although I believe you should read the Bible faithfully every single day, I'm not just a fan of reading it because you feel like you have to. I think reading and meditating are vital. Brittany and I are doing a reading plan through the Bible with, uh, called the Bible Recap. And so many of you in the church are doing that. And it challenges us each and every day to, kind of, to look for our, our God shot every day. What, what stood out to us? And that's what this challenge in Psalms looks like to think carefully about the things that you are reading. And in several places throughout the Old Testament, the readers are challenged to keep his words as frontlets before their eyes. In the Old Testament, this was very intentional language, that they were to put these things front and center in front of them. So, for us, maybe that just means that we really examine and drive and write the words of God, into our hearts and minds. And we allow it to permeate all parts of our lives. Psalm 19 tells us that His Word, it revives the the soul. It's perfect, it's, it's sure, and it makes the simple wise. So do you want to feel alive? Have a firm foundation to build your life on? Make wise decisions? It can only happen when we have a delight for him and his word. He must be our greatest treasure. But how are we blessed? That's what everyone really wants to know in this world. How can this fix the things wrong in my life and in my heart? Well, we stay connected to the life source. Look at verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does, he prospers. You see, trees and plants that are by rivers, creeks, and lakes, they are always prospering. They don't dry up because they're getting what they need to survive and even thrive. So if you feel angry, empty, sad, and lonely all the time, maybe you should look and see where you have planted your heart. Is it firmly in the right place by these streams of water? You see, if you're delighting in and meditating on his word, you will produce good fruit. Verse 3 says, it does not wither. There are no visible signs of death. You will be alive and blessed, no dead branches, life with meaning. You won't wither, you will prosper. God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And his purpose is for you to delight in him and to be set apart from this world. That when we delight in him, we will be blessed. So as the title of this series so clearly states, the choice is yours choices. Life is all about them. Will you decide today to not walk, stand, or sit in the way of sinners? Will you delight in his word, and will you root your life in him? Because when we delight in him, we will be blessed. So I want to challenge you for a moment to just bow your head and close your eyes and ponder this thought this morning of am I delighting in Him? Am I delighting in Him? Have I planted my life firmly by streams of water? And that life source is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A simple message, but one that we need to work on continually and faithfully. And so as we reflect on this truth from Psalm chapter 1 this morning, are you walking and standing and sitting in the way of sinners? Or are you delighting in His word? The choice will be yours. So choose wisely. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can join these eight that have passed from death to life this year and given their lives to Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and this is the first time you've been in church in a long time. Maybe you've never been to church. Or maybe you heard a gospel that had all types of things attached to it, that you had to work Your way to heaven, that you had to give money. You had to do certain things in order to, for God to like you so that you could go to heaven someday. Maybe you find yourself just hoping that one day you'll go to heaven. You don't have to hope, you don't have to wonder. You can know that you can go to heaven. That this God that we're reading about in Psalm 1 will save you if you will put your faith and your trust in Him. If you will call on His name to save you. And He will make you new. If that's you, we would love to talk to you. So find me at the end of this service or shoot the, uh, call the office and let us know or talk to me as soon as this service is over because I'd love to sit down and show you from the Bible how you can know Jesus as your Savior. Heavenly Father, this morning we are grateful, and we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for the truth that it is, and that it is enough for us. So God, I pray for those of us who know you, that have this relationship with you, that are saved, that we would be very careful not to Walk, stand, or sit in the way of sinners. But that we, as your children, would delight in your word and in knowing you. And knowing you better and better every day. We would meditate on your word. God, that we would be a people who are being consistently changed to look more like your son Jesus. Lord, we are so thankful for who you are, and what you've done, and that you are a secure, sure foundation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.